welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, it's Jerry Springer! Hey guys! Hey, hey! Welcome! We're still quarantined. <laughs> So Good to see you guys, though. Everybody Good doing well? Good to see you. Yeah. Everyone healthy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Healthy as, we all, as we've always been, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, some, you know, places are starting to open up around the country. I don't know how smart that is, but it is opening mm-hmm. up a little bit. I've noticed more traffic down here in Florida, to be honest. When we mm-hmm. go to the grocery store, you know, there are more cars on the road. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's happening. Uh, I'm in northern Kentucky. I think Casey is too. I think uh, Maria's in the Cincinnati area. And yeah, it's starting to, we're starting to see that here too. I spent- is the opening different in, in Kentucky than it is in Ohio? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's weird because I think DeWine of Ohio just, yeah. just lifted the... Because um, we're right on the border for our listeners out there. Cincinnati is like five minutes from northern kentucky so i live in northern kentucky um and dewine of ohio just lifted the lockdown so you can like go any essentially he lifted the stay at home lockdown which is interesting and brashear the governor of kentucky it's it's all happening about the same time things are uh, about the same time and you know the, the essential things you know, groceries and, you know, home repair stuff, et cetera. Some of the things I've been grabbing here and there, it's mm-hmm. been easy. It's been feel safe to me. And um, Oh, speaking of uh, essential, uh, just today I found out that Connecticut, which was on lockdown like New York, Connecticut just uh, ruled that uh, our sh- Judge Jerry is an essential service. Yeah! <laughs> oh, oh, man. No, now, I don't know that we're going back to the studio <laughs> yet because that's going to be up to um, NBC. Mm-hmm. But the, the state said that we're an essential service, so we're allowed to <laughs> go and tape the show. I wonder if he would have thought the old Jerry Springer show was an essential service. You know, I'll bet no, and I'll I'll bet the difference is is that you actually are, and we've talked about this in the past, adjudicating disputes. Yeah, in in their, I guess that's it. Yeah, they're final, and you know, it's you're a court. Uh, I want to hold you to something uh, we did as of last week. You and I agreed mutually to do a hiker's challenge, and we both said that we would on. Thursday morning hike until Friday morning, 24 hours hiking through the night, etc. And both. See how, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you, well, you agree to it, and I agree. I think you suggested no. it, and I agree to it. No, what I, as I remember, is that first of all, this was your idea, and it was very nice. And I said, rather than walk, I would um, pay a certain amount of money for every hour mm. that you walk. That's every, how I every mile. I changed it to mile. And by the way, it's about the same. I want to pin you down. And what amount did you say you would donate to a good cause per mile? What was that? Well, per hour, I said $100. There you go. 
well, it's going to come out about the same. So I did 27 miles yes. in, wow. in 24 hours. So wow. no, I'm not going to quibble. So you are you saying, and I want this document I will, on air. I, I will write a check to, and you tell me the name of the uh, the first responders organization, right? And I think it was in New York or whatever. Well, that was one, but I've, I made a slight change. <clears throat> and I'll tell you what. Of course you did. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think you're going to agree with this. So yeah. the first responders and the essential workers, uh, you know, I'm hoping when that's all over, they will get what's called heroes pay or sure, you know, crisis pay, whatever. And they right. have been getting paid. <clears throat> to be honest, and boy, we continue to thank them profusely. They, God love them, have kept their jobs. That's the yeah. nature of being an essential worker. Right. I, as I've been thinking about, as I was walking those 27 hard miles and, and you know, <laughs> just what? hardly you able to make it. You walk in a subdivision. Hard, you walk in your <laughs> subdivision. Hardly able to put one foot in front of the other. I was thinking this. <clears throat> I was thinking the people who are also needy and worthy, who who have been closed out because of this, and they are one group among many, are our singer-songwriters. And they are not wealthy people. You know this, Jerry. The people we yeah, hang with, I, we have two of them on our show right now, yeah. who just, you know, I can vouch. We are bus. not wealthy people. I can vouch for that. <laughs> That's the I voice can tell of by the Campbell. way you guys are dressed, but no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just Casey kidding. Campbell and Maria Corelli are good examples. So <laughs> I would like to make the cause. <laughs> so I want the cause to be... Uh, Whispering Beard Folk Festival, and they are oh. working with it, and they're working with a nonprofit. So the money really doesn't even go to Whispering Beard; it's going to go to a nonprofit. What's it called, yeah. Casey? Play uh, it the forward. Uh, the nonprofit is a uh, Play It Forward. Yeah, it's founded yeah. by Gary Burbank here in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Gary help. Burbank, okay. who is a, a radio genius yeah. in Cincinnati. And I'll be very brief about this, but where your donation will go, and they will thank you so much, is it'll actually be for future attendees at the uh, concerts because they want to keep this thing alive sure. who are needy people who couldn't afford a ticket because I've been talking to the organizers of Whispering Beard Folk oh, Festival wow. and, and they would love this. So uh, okay. because of my blistered, bloody feet and dragging <laughs> myself across the finish line, they're <laughs> going to get $2,700. I did 27 miles pay up. Hey, now here. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Well, thanks, Gene. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you're, you're welcome. Thank thanks, you, Jerry. Thanks, Gene. I'm the one paying for Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Yeah, oh, thank, yeah thanks, Jerry. Thank you. you yeah, you do, you do sign the checks. That's right. Um, that's right. He's thank just you, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah. thank you guys very much. That's really cool. And, uh, you're very welcome. Yeah. Wow, hey, Jerry, that's awesome. I have Done a question deal. for you. Uh, yes. And we're going to ask you in a minute to do, you do, have been doing these wonderful thoughts from the bunker and we're going to have you do another. And I want to tease this. Casey Campbell is going to give us another song as well as uh, take us out on down by the riverside. We're looking forward to that. I've been watching uh, or I'm about to watch. I'm going to binge watch. I know all about it and reading about it, hearing about it from people who have watched it. The Last Dance, this wonderful documentary, documentary series on ESPN. And it has to do with the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan prominently. And I want to ask you something because you lived in Chicago for many years. Give us, if you have one, a story that involves the Chicago Bulls. Do you have any? 
Well, actually, I do. Uh, during their championship run, which was during the 90s, they you know won the title three years in a row. Then Michael Jordan went to play baseball for two seasons, uh, one and a half, two seasons. And then they came back and won three more. And the last dance is about the final year, which was 1998, 77, I mean, 97, 98, uh, of their championship run. And uh, because they're close to my age, uh, you know, we, we were friends, not close friends, but with, with not so much Michael Jordan, uh, we were acquaintances, but with some of the other guys, I hung around with quite a bit. And one night, after, and I had season's tickets. So one night after the game, I went to a restaurant there in Chicago, a, a nice restaurant called Gibson's. And a lot of the players would come there after the game as well. Well, they came in and they saw me there. Hey, Jer, how you doing? And then they, you know, went and sat by them, you know, at a table by themselves. As I was leaving the restaurant, Dennis Rodman, and, and mind you, I'm what? Uh, back then I was in my 50s. He picks me up and puts me on his lap <laughs> in this restaurant and holds me. I'm trying to get down. He holds me there for like five, ten minutes and just <laughs> talking with me. And people are just standing around watching. My feet what? don't touch the ground. <laughs> just clowning around. Oh, you sit here, Jared. No, this is good. And, oh, man, it was, it was humiliating. But they were, <laughs> they were pranksters. Yeah, so they, cool. yeah, but that, yeah, that's, uh, I rem remember that when you started talking about, uh, but they, they were cool. It was a wonderful time for Chicago. Oh my gosh. You know, and, and watching them, I mean, that was as dominant a performance as ever been in sports, really. I mean, it, it's kind of the, the counterpart might be UCLA's dynasty. They're running yeah. college basketball, uh, Lou Alcindor years and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, they, it, that doesn't happen very often. And the dynasty of the Chicago Bulls was part of it was another example. I want to ask you one other thing, uh, it relates to something that's on our website. You were, you have a grandson yes. who attends a school in the Chicago area and yes. he, that school had a fundraiser and you right. were the MC of the fundraiser this and weekend. And tell yeah. us, there was this thing, I, I read about this, an auction of something. Tell us about that. Right. Part of the fundraiser was, uh, well, it was an auction and a fundraiser. And one of the items that people could bid on, uh, in fact, we put a video up on our website where I would, I, I don't cook at all. I know nothing about it. But I, during this quarantine, I have learned to make, get this, instant vanilla pudding. I'm not lying. <laughs> it comes in a little jello box. You open the box, you pour the, not the powder, the mix in a bowl. You put two cups of milk in, you stir it with a whisk for two minutes, and you place it in the refrigerator for five minutes. When it comes out, you got vanilla pudding. Wait a minute. I, that's I'm, it? Well, yeah, that's hold it. on. You think that's easy? <laughs> but and wait, there's more. Yeah, there's but wait. More. <laughs> there's more. If you bid on this, the highest bidder 
I will come to your home one evening, we'll arrange the date, and I will fix my vanilla pudding for your dinner in your <laughs> house. Oh, that oh, that's a steal. Well, it was a steal. I'm here to tell you, it was the highest bid item. <laughs> it, oh my gosh. It went for $1,200. And I don't know who they are. And I am now going to go to their home and on an agreed upon date. And I hope they make a nice dinner. I didn't say that should be part of it. But if I'm making dessert, the least they can do is make the dinner. For God's sake. <laughs> You so know, that's I'm, actually, that's actually very cool. What the, you know, they, they're gonna, cool. because it's so stupid. It's so utterly stupid. You haven't tasted but, it. <laughs> 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 yeah. Thank you to the company. But um, to have you there making that, I, I think that's actually very brilliant. So it's a, it'll, it, it'll be a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, the, the, we, I put together a bit. Well, I, I did the video on access Hollywood. They had me make it on their ah, show. Okay. <laughs> the video where so you can. Uh, it all ties uh, together. Now, before we ask unreal. you for some yeah. uh, some thoughts, we uh, before we came on uh, for our listeners, we kind of you know get together a few minutes before the recording starts, and we go on Facebook Live. Everybody, wave to Facebook Live. Hey guys, we appreciate those of you yeah. who watch. Uh, we we talk and goof around, and we have nailed down. We have a I consider it a firm commitment. What from Jerry from Jerry Springer in in the future, and we're going to circle back to Dixie <laughs> Jessica Mills, who will be our guide. She will drive over from Alabama to the entry point to the Appalachian Trail at the southern terminus, which is Springer Mountain. Named after Jerry Springer. That's what it wasn't his name. named <laughs> after me. Well, no. it had to have been. Had to have had been. To have been. Had had to have been. Oh, by the way, we we what? determined it, it was uh, named uh, for a person named Springer, who was a frontiersman back in the 1800s, who was an advocate for Native American rights. God bless him. So that resonates with our politics. Oh yeah. So. That's the Springer. We we jokingly thought it might be some Confederate well, I general. It wasn't. Yes, and what'd you up. find? Yes. And I found that Springer Mountain was named yes. after Jerry Mountain. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there he is. There oh, he Poor, poor, <laughs> poor Casey. Yeah. Casey's head just dropped. The hits, the, the hits just keep coming. Boy, yeah, 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 I guess you got a lot of time. He's got a lot of time on his hands down there in Florida. He's yeah, he does. Come up with these yeah. here. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, so we're going to do this. Jerry Springer what? is going to camp at least a night, at least a night. And he is going to hike up to Springer Mountain. Uh, oh. Dixie will video all of this and put it on her YouTube channel. Well, by the way, I now have a YouTube channel. I have four videos up, I think. Oh, yeah, four videos go. up. And uh, I give tips on uh, backpacking, particularly for the older demographic. And uh, anyway, so we're going to come up with a video that'll be on YouTube. It'll get put on our website. It's going to be very funny. It's going to be a be- as Donald Trump would say, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> super duper. Super yeah, duper. Yeah, it's going to be a super <laughs> duper hike. 
Oh, it'll be. And we're we're not going to call it the last dance. We're going to call it the last moment. Yeah, the last, <laughs> the final hike. The final yeah. hike. Yeah. Jerry make sure. hikes into the wilderness. So long, everybody. <laughs> it's been a great journey. <laughs> I'll make a commitment to you. We'll have two things. One, we'll have a first responder with us, and two. Oh. Somebody's gonna pull a portalette up the whole way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just grab it on a sled behind you. Yeah, yeah that's a great idea. That yeah. A great so idea. We have yeah. a deal. Hey Jerry, what yeah. are you uh thinking after another week of all of us being in quarantine? What what do you see? What are your observations? Well, I, I came up with some thought. Um well here, let me show you let me read what i've written down here the uh the collapse of our federal government and its seeming incompetence isn't just a consequence of what we always talk about of trump though that's the conventional wisdom in truth the paralysis in our government is also a byproduct of the severe polarization of our society which everybody says we're so polarized we're so that's why washington gets nothing done well, the truth is we've been polarized before. In fact, even more so during the civil rights era, during Vietnam, where violence and riots and burning down our cities were part of the equation. But even with all of that polarization, our government has never before been so paralyzed. So why is that? Well, here's what I think. Since the Civil War, except for the issue of race in the South, political parties were not actually defined by philosophy. Political parties were simply organizations existing for the sole purpose of getting their candidates elected. And voters would generally gravitate toward one party or the other based in large part on how they were raised, how their parents always voted. And it would take a nationwide crisis like the Depression or World War II to alter their traditional voting patterns. But beyond these national crises, as I said, political parties were simply machines to get politicians elected, to get them or keep them in power. And the way to secure that power was to make sure that your party held the majority because the majority party held all the chairmanships of the various committees. So therefore, by necessity, each party, philosophically speaking, had to be a big tent. If you were a congressman or senator, you didn't care if another congressman or senator was a liberal or a conservative, so long as he was a member of your party. You wanted him reelected, thereby helping your party get the majority. Which would, have more, which would give you more influence and more power, even possibly a chairmanship. So into the 1960s, both parties, Democrats and Republicans, had, were made up of liberals and conservatives, which meant that to keep your party in power, you'd have to compromise on issues. Well, you needed your fellow party member, even if he or she had a different philosophy. So for example, if a powerful Southern Democrat, a conservative, a conservative chairman of one of the committees, wanted to keep his chairmanship, he had to deal with a Northern liberal Democrat. 
so that the Northern Liberal could satisfy his base and therefore get reelected up north, keeping the Dems in the majority and thereby letting the Southern Conservative Dem keep his chairmanship. You see, in both parties, the incentive was to compromise. So when George Wallace said there's not a dime's worth of difference between the two parties, he was right. But then came Barry Goldwater, who could see with Eisenhower then as president and Nixon in 1960 as the Republican candidate, he could see which way America was moving. America was becoming much more democratic. That on issues, there were really two democratic parties. And he thought the Republicans would have no future they could never outdem the Dems. So in the long term, the Republicans needed to purify themselves to become purely conservative, even if it meant losing a few elections at first. It must become the sole home of conservatives to become a white Christian gun-toting party. His notion gained credibility when in 1965, the Democratic Senate with the help of moderate and liberal Northern Republicans, passed the Civil Rights Act, whereupon President Johnson famously said, with this vote, Democrats have lost the South for generations to come. And he was right. The solid Democratic South, starting in 1968, became solidly Republican, conservative, and reflected in that election where Nixon, adopted his Southern strategy, sweeping the South, making the Republican Party almost exclusively Christian, white, anti-integration, anti-busing. It, it stayed Republican with few exceptions ever since. There was no longer any room for liberals or even moderates in the Republican Party. Slowly but surely, they were pushed out cleansed in a sense, anyone who displayed any liberal tendencies, any multiculturalism, any tolerance of abortion, immigration, or expanded health care or economic equality was tossed out of the Republican Party. Now, as a natural consequence of that, those who cared about those issues, minority rights, women's rights, poverty, public education, labor rights, why they all drifted into the Democratic Party and a certain amount of purity was demanded among the Democrats then as well. Woe be the politician who sought the Democratic nomination who wasn't pro-choice or pro-gay rights. So you can see how neither party is any longer a big tent. Both parties have become philosophically pure, and as such, compromise <coughs> is no longer an incentive. In fact, even having your picture taken with the opposing party can result in you being expelled by means of a primary. So when we bemoan the inability of Washington to get something done, it's not because the people are so polarized, they often have been. It's because the political parties that used to be a safety valve for such conflicts that used to be a way to compromise on issues so that a government could function in spite of our differences, that kind of political party no longer exists. 
Each party now applies philosophical litmus tests to its candidates, which certainly makes us feel good about the issues we care about, but the price of that purity is sadly a government that, as we see, can no longer function. And you wonder why people are sick of politics. To win in November, as difficult as it must be, we Democrats are going to have to become a big tent. And that's my All right, vote. Jerry, good one. All right, guys, we're going to bring it on over to uh, our music portion. And this, um, this gentleman that we have with us, uh, as Gene mentioned before, uh, almost needs no introduction since uh, he is very well known to us. But Gene, for those of you all listening out there and not necessarily watching, Gene failed to mention that uh, we not only have one uh, and not two, but we have three Casey Campbells with us today. That's right. I brought all three <laughs> no, with me. What's that? What's that about? <laughs> so these are here. Hold on, let me get mine. These are some. Now for people, most people hear this in the archive and don't see it. But Casey has likenesses behind him yeah. in his home. Oh, right. So, Life size. So these are, these are my, cool. uh, yeah. So these were from the Whispering Beard Folk Festival last year. Aha, uh -huh, okay. They're very cardboard nice. cutouts that pointed people to the very important things like bathrooms and the, and the alcoholic beverages. <laughs> By the way, and Casey uh, is the MC of the yep. Whispering Beard Folk Festival as well as I a am. performer. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, there you go. One of the, yeah. So, but anyway, this is kind of my little bunker studio that I've made, and with the uh, the beard series that we're doing and the live stream, you know, that we're doing there. This is kind of my little setup for all of my live streaming, and I actually forgot that they were behind me until I called into the call, uh, and it was it was yeah. a little too late at that point. So I just no, nope, no, I just kind of forgot that they were there. So Casey oh, mentioned uh, you referenced the live stream, the playback. So. Yep past whispering beers that can be heard on facebook live correct correct when? yeah F uh facebook live and on youtube um they Each. are on what's that uh every yeah. thursday it's every thursday night yep now this thursday evening coming up uh, is 8 30 p.m so if you're watching on facebook uh, it's a little later than usual but then we'll be at 7 p.m next week so. and those are both and eastern time eastern times yep there you go and then and then once that video is up it'll play for a while so uh feel free you know come thursday evening wherever you are tune in and uh, you'll find uh, either the live run or the replay of it and uh they're different artists each week correct correct yes so we're doing live uh we're doing uh past uh video performances from whispering beards um that we've held in Friendship, Indiana and here in Cincinnati, Ohio. And so their yeah. uh, past performances uh, and I'm coming in uh, live to do some MC work, but uh, we choose three different artists every, every Thursday. Uh, all of the money that we raise goes to Play It Forward, our nonprofit, just as you said, and then the artists and production crews for the stream. So, you know, ju just as you guys did earlier tonight by, by your generous donation, uh, that's exactly what we're trying to do is just get some money in the hands of, of all of these uh, musicians and production crews Perfect. have, have no, have no income right now. So very good, nice. Good for you. Good for you, Casey. Hey, th well, thank you. So, so last week, uh, last week we had you sing a song of yours, which was a, a wonderful one. It was Oh Ramona. Um, what, what song do we have lined up of yours this week? Uh, so tonight uh, we have a track from my, uh, my previous solo album. It's uh, care of general delivery. It's the one that's on, 
all the platforms and such. Uh, this song's called Lincoln. I thought I thought we'd tie it back into Ludlow and the folk school. This song was written by Catfish uh, down there, old Matt Williams in Ludlow, and uh, yeah. he wrote this, and it features uh, the Tillers playing behind me. So it's we've got a bunch of Cincinnati uh, going on in this song here. And it's a great song. I mean, hey, I, we've you. heard it, yeah. and it's it's just a very cool song. Didn't you co-write that with him? No, no, I, he he uh, co-wrote or he wrote this. Uh, I think okay. Matt Wobnitz may take credit for a co-write, but I think that's we may have to come on Judge Jerry to, to sort this out. <laughs> there you go. I think that may be illegitimate. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you now, and you're two compatriots. You look a bit like Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, with the hat yeah. there. You know, I'm thinking about I'm, I'm thinking about cutting some of this off to make sure my mask fits better. So maybe Referring maybe I'll to his beard, my, my beard. Yep. So maybe I'll maybe I'll trim up and uh, I'll go all Lincoln for you, Jerry. We'll we'll hit twenty. We'll hit the twenty twenty election year hard. Well, here. that means a lot to me. I went I went to school with him, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was, he was a good guy. I got to tell you, he was a good, good guy. Good guy. Good guy. Yeah. Hard worker. Yeah. All right, you guys. Here we're gonna have David uh, David Pruce go ahead and play the song for us. Yes, sir. Well, I'd fight, I'd fight for my Lincoln, and I'd die, I'd die for my Lincoln. Well, I'd drive, I'd drive a Lincoln. Lincoln will carry me home. Yeah. 
All right. <laughs> um, Casey, uh, can you tell the folks out there, good. and I know that we've had you say this before, but we'd love for you to say it again. Where can the folks out there hear more of your music or see maybe more releases coming out sure from you? Um, well, my website is Casey-Campbell, C-A-S-E-Y-Campbell.com. Uh, you can find me on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your music, it's going to be there. Um, I'm also on, obviously, on all the social media at Casey Campbell Music, all one word. Uh, Release-wise, uh, that's a great question. I think a lot of that stuff's going to come from my website. I've, I've, I think I'm going to maybe over the next couple months as we all sort out how artists are going to sort of release new music. I think I may go the singles route and start releasing some uh, new singles just straight from my website for download uh, purchase only. I don't even know if I'm going to put them on a streaming service. I may just kind of try to hone that into one little hub. So that'll hmm. be the, the way to go is kc-campbell.com. Well, we really uh, are going to look forward to that. Super. And well, thank you. This. Will you yeah. take us out, do us a favor and take us out on down by the riverside. And yeah, I um, sure will. Have Jerry take a verse. All right. <clears throat> Everybody get your note. Jerry, get your <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> oh. I got it now. You got it. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah.